Chad and Zay. All right, hour number three on a Thursday. Big day up in Indianapolis where the Combine gets started. Best of luck to the Longhorns involved. DeMarvion Overshone. Snacks is there. Mr. Coburn going to be showing off on the defensive line and Ojomo as well. Uh, obviously, Jalen Carter, a huge part of the discussion. He's there today answering all the questions after going back to Georgia last night and facing those charges of racing and reckless driving. But he is back in Indy today. They set an arraignment date for him of April the 18th. So there is definitely some football discussion out there. We'll get to these Mike McCarthy comments, too. That's another thing that happens at the Combine. GMs, coaches, a lot of folks end up running their mouth in a lot of different ways. And Mike McCarthy, I guess he'd been just, I don't know, holding some feelings in about Kellen Moore, and he decided this was the week to let them out. I'm a little confused as a Cowboys fan, but we will get to that. We obviously talked Longhorn basketball as well. TCU wins last night. Longhorns get no part of that regular season Big 12 title. So uh, we've been talking about kind of where they are getting ready for the Kansas game. Um, It was uh, obviously a, a tough one last night for the Longhorns. Tough, sluggish start. Didn't get much better. They made it close. They just couldn't hook enough plays together in that second half. So we've hit all that. If you want to jump in on the Specs text line, 337-3776 is that number. But it is time once again for a little album swap discussion. Thursdays at 2, we've decided to head down a musical road, and we're starting out with albums that are out of our comfort zones. So Zay and I have been talking about music, and we stumbled into the Wu-Tang Clan discussion, and Zay said, you need to listen to all five of those albums. And I said, what five albums? And he says, well, I'll tell you. And we go through these individual uh, albums that the Wu-Tang Clan made after their, their first debut, and RZA puts together these records. So we're three albums deep into that today. And then for Zay... I came up with three albums I wanted him to listen to, kind of on the kind of the rock metal side of things. Then my wife came up with Def Leppard's Hysteria, and this week we're going to see what Zay thinks of my daughter's recommendation. My daughter went kind of music snob on him. She went Janelle Monet. He was worried. He thought he was going to have to listen to Harry Styles or Taylor Swift or something like that. But no, my kid goes 2018 Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet. You want to go ahead and start off this week yeah, and talk to you now? Yeah, I'll start it off. Let's do it. What, what, what'd you think? Very impressed. Shocked how much I enjoyed the album. Really? I I really was shocked. I've never really been deep into her catalog. I've always known of her. Mm-hmm. And I know when she came out, like, who is this woman with a lot of energy in a tuxedo? Yeah. Like, what? There was just something appealing about her. Very different. Like, you could tell she's beautiful. And there's something that you can admire about when you first start off. And you know she's talented without using her body Mm -hmm. to sell that talent and to put her above, you know, others. It was just about the art of music and her personality. And now she's, in recent years, she's kind of, you know sexied it up a little bit which i definitely appreciate like she was looking right at the celebrity all-star game she looked awesome she looked terrific oh my god but man chad like this song right here i like that i didn't know she rapped too 
Yeah, see, I asked my daughter today, I said, is this more of a straight singing album or does she rap a little? And she said, there's both. She has bars. Okay. She has bars and it gave me a little Lauryn Hill vibe. Mmm. You could tell. That's a compliment. That For sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, you, you could tell that was a big influence and, you know, over recent years, you've heard Beyonce rap a little bit more and Mary J. Blige, you know, she's dabbled with it, but Janelle Monet, very impressed with this album. You can tell she had a lot of fun. She's cussing on it. Oh, that's good. Dropping F-bombs. Nice, you nice. Know, so... Impressed. Impressed with the Kansas City native. I always like the class with which she carries herself. Whether it's in a movie, it's on a stage. I just there's something there's another level to her. You can feel it at the way she carries herself. So you would recommend me listen to the rest of this album. I heard the first song. I heard Dirty Computer. And that's the one Brian Wilson's on from the Beach Boys, which is an oh, to get that connection was crazy. Yeah. I know Pharrell Williams is on the album in maybe a couple spots, and he produced a couple of Yeah, the you could tell tracks. Pharrell's had a little part of this in and this production. He's featured on one of the songs, so you would have me go listen to this. Yeah, okay. check it out. Good record. Good record. What kind, of, what kind of grade are we talking about here, Zay? I'm going to give it an eight. Eight flat? Eight flat. Eight flat. 8.0. 8.0. Solid B effort. Yeah. A B on a roll. Right. For Janelle Monet. All right. Fair enough. All right. You want to hear about some Cuban links? Oh, for sure. You get into it? All right. So um, this is 1995. August of 95 is when this. Did I have that right? I wrote it down. I think I did. I think it's early August of 95 when this album comes out. A very important album. Yes, August of 95. Though this is the third album of the individual albums from Wu-Tang. And Zay, you said this is your favorite? or is Yes. It, this is your favorite of the five. Okay. So, overall, I really enjoyed it. I've already enjoyed the RZA kind of mental journey he'll take you on and, and all that. But I really felt like this is an album where it all came together. In a way that it hadn't before. Nothing against Method Man and nothing against ODB. It just came together in a way that it that I that I hadn't quite heard before. Maybe that's because you essentially do have two artists here. Raekwon and Ghostface Killer are on like every track. Right. And then you're adding other members. Every member of the Wu-Tang Clan ends up on this album at some point or another. And you also have the thematic background that they weren't really trying on those first two records, this the, the theme of the, the mafia stuff, the kind of, it's almost, you get the feel of like, this is a mob movie as a rap album. And you could tell that's the intent. Yeah. That that gives it a certain feel, uh, which, uh, which I really enjoyed. Just the anger of it, the intensity of it, they're giving you, I also thought of Straight Outta Compton as I was listening to this album. Huh. Because they're giving, to me, they're giving you a picture of their experience. Whether you want it or not, whether you want to hear about it or not, they're going to give you their experience. These are two Long Island guys, correct? Am I reading it correct on their bios? I'm sorry, Staten Island. My bad, I said Long Island. Two Staten Island guys that went through some stuff that didn't exactly have the best, you know, they didn't just grow up some normal, average, stereotypical way. A lot of uh, a lot of things were going on, and they create the personas. I'm trying to keep up with all of the names going on. 
because right. everybody's got like a basic name that gets put in the credits for like producer or writer, and then they've got their Wu Tang Clan name, and now in this album they've got a gangster name that goes with it, like yeah. a mafioso name. Yeah, Luke Diamonds. That's Raekwon. Tony Starks. That's Ghostface Killer. Yeah. I'm yeah, tr- they all got noodles. Yeah, I'm trying to keep up with all that. On the cover, they actually reference Tony Stark's parentheses, Ghostface Killer. Yeah. But, I- yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, nice little intro piece. Uh, but, man, there's all through this album, Zay, the – I've, I've always talked about, to me, uh, a really good rap album is tough to pull off, especially when you go 17, 18 tracks deep. But I thought it was strong all the way through. I can't really come up with a with a track I would tell you was dragging or was weak or was lazy or was just, oh, they're just kind of throwing it in there. Uh, there was a lot of really good stuff. And since it's such a big name, I'll go right to uh, Verbal Intercourse with Nas on it. That is a great track. The first non-Wu-Tang member to ever be on a Wu-Tang album, and you get Nas? And it's Nas. Yeah. And I was trying, I read up on the story of kind of how it happened that Nas and, was it Nas and RZA were hanging out together? Or Nas maybe, and Ray. Nas and Raekwon. Yeah, yeah. Would, would hang out together, and then- Which he, they, they're going on tour again together, Wu-Tang and Nas. Are they really? Yeah, they That's already awesome. been on tour. They were here in the ATX. We were promoting it a little bit, and they're going back on tour because- Everybody just loves those guys. That, that Nas went into the studio. They actually did a couple tracks, and Verbal Intercourse was the one that they ended up picking. I thought that was a really, really solid song. Uh, the album, the the first album, if you don't count the bonus track, ends with Heaven and Hell. That's a great song. Uh, the North Star bonus track is great, especially when you're sampling a Barry White tune. That's awesome. They sampled like an old, slow Barry White song, which is priceless. Uh, that was awesome. Woo Gambino's is a really good song. Ice Cream is a really good, catchy song that I'm sure... That was one of the singles, I think, right? Ice Cream? People yes. Ha- people, that's a classic. People had to be singing that all over the place. They were Wu-Tang fans. They were literally selling shirts to women because on Method Man's hook, which is one of the most classic hooks of all time, French vanilla butter pecan chocolate deluxe. So women uh-huh. with those complexions were getting Wu-Tang shirts that said like butter pecan recan. Wow. And like chocolate deluxe. So they were selling merch out of their lyrics and stuff. They're just geniuses. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Uh, the song right in the middle of it, Can It Be All So Simple, which is a remix off of one of the other two albums, right? Yeah, 36 Chambers, Ghost and Chef did the original. Off Can of the first so Wu-Tang album. Right. Yes, okay. Uh, and then everybody's on that one. So I was trying to keep up with kind of everybody that's there and all the credits that they have to give on a song like that. Because Can It Be All So Simple... That is a remix of, there's an old, old song in there. They have to give Marvin Hamlish credit in that song. Marvin Hamlish is a composer and conductor from way back in the day. Just as white as he can be. (laughs) Fantastic that they have to give him love uh, on this. Uh, And some others have to get credit, too. That was a great track. Uh, I mean, Glaciers of Ice is really good. The 14th track is Spot Rushers. Yeah. And that song, when you first hear it, almost feels like it's just a little placeholder, but it's really solid. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, Rainy Days is great. You know me. I like my Blue Raspberry. You do love some Blue Raspberry. I know you've told me Blue Raspberry didn't turn into much, but I like that female voice. Um, by the way, did you re- ever read the story of how she was discovered? I have not. I read a story that she was working at a gym, I believe it was. And got 
heard singing over the speaker. And what? that's how she was discovered. And I think discovered by, it was either Rizzo or Method Man. One of those two guys discovers her, brings her in. Eventually, she kind of faded out. Yeah. And they tried to make a record with her one time, and it didn't really work out. But I love her voice and the way it the way it kind of, you know, fits in. Ghostface Kill is really good. I'm happy that I like him. He's incredible. Because his name is wonderful. A uh, little, little bit of a rougher voice than Raekwon's got, but they blend really well together. I think by the end of the album, I was figuring out who was who. Right. I, I think. Um, <laughs> it's very di- it's very difficult, but I like the attitude overall. The ninth track, which I can't say out loud or I'll get fired, is about the, the, the little comments, the vocal track about them talking about, it starts with the word shark. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shark bodice? Shark biters. Oh, I can say that one. You can say that. I can say shark that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say the other word. Okay, so yes, the shark biters uh, song to talking about how they want others to treat them, how they want others to pay attention to them. I don't want nobody listening to me. Ghost goes crazy on that. Right, and, and I'm also reading that this album ends up being influential to other artists that wanted to go down that mafioso path and wanted to go down that gangster, not gangster, but down the the mob yeah, mentality. Yeah, like Godfather using just different skits and right. you hear Scarface skits in there and stuff. So I end up reading names like Jay-Z and some other guys mm-hmm. that kind of got into And apparently some of those guys have also given Raekwon and Wu-Tang Clan credit later to yeah. say, hey, no, they were the ones that started this thing. This album completely changed hip-hop in so many ways. From like you just said, the mafioso standpoint. So obviously it's 95, so you could sell, they're selling tapes back then too, CDs. I don't know where CDs are at. They're slowly becoming popular, I Mm -hmm. guess. But the tapes were a big thing. Raekwon, to differentiate himself from everybody else, he said, you know, I want to make the tape a certain color because that's what drug dealers did. Mm -hmm. Like if you go back and look at American Gangster with Denzel, Blue Magic... It was called Blue Magic and that blue label to just show that it was different. It stood out. Breaking Bad had the blue thing, too. Exactly. Breaking Bad had the blue thing also. So Raekwon was thinking like a drug dealer, (laughs) and he wanted it to be green, but they were like, nah, we can't do green. He was like, okay, I like purple. So they made it purple, and now... Like it's called the purple tape. So the you ask tape. anybody, yeah. yo, I'll jam that purple tape like crazy, and you have to do a double take. They're talking about only built for Cuban links. That's so interesting. you would look at people's collections of tapes, and then you would see the purple tape. You're like, oh, what's that? And they'd be like, oh, this is Raekwon, and that's how he got new listeners and stuff. But yeah, going back to RZA, this is the album where he could relax because. Dirties had a time limit, and so did um, Method Man's. Like, they had to make sure they got it out at a certain time because Def Jam and Dirties label, they needed it. So RZA felt pressured, and, you know, he didn't like that. So he got to just chill. These next two albums, Liquid Swords and Only Built for Cuban Links, this is his best work production-wise for the individual albums. As far as Ghostface goes... He would tell you that he wasn't even locked in like he wanted to be because he developed diabetes during this time. Oh, my God. So he said it was some of the hardest times of his life with Iron Man coming out and uh, 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 only built for Cuban links coming out. It was tough to perform and stuff and just to really be there for those guys, even though he's legendary on those albums. 
it's it's interesting to know those things and yeah i absolutely just love this album ray and ghost their chemistry the fact that rizza knew that those guys had yeah you know just a type of chemistry that you couldn't look over they're both from different projects that had beef back in the day one park hill for raekwon stapleton for ghostface so you always hear rumors and you see in like the biopic which i like the biopic but when you hear that some of its fiction, like Ray and Ghost having this beef, they they said they never had beef. Hmm. So you don't know what's real, what's not. But I, yeah, album completely changed hip hop. I absolutely love it, and yeah, I'm glad you love it too, man. It's yeah, no, it was definitely impressive. Billboard 200, it debuted at four, uh, hit number four. It hit number two on the hip hop charts. It went this. This is crazy too to show you the longevity. This album went platinum in 2020. So it didn't. It sold a lot initially. It it went gold pretty quickly. It didn't go platinum till 2020, but that tells me it matters. That tells you the length. That that's a big deal to me to go platinum that many years after an album is released. Um, and then just real quick, because I'm into I'm into back to back songs on an album and the fact that you lay them out this way. Back to back, Knowledge God, Criminology, Incarcerated Scarfaces, which is a phenomenal name for a song, by the way. Yeah, it might be his most famous song by himself. Then Rainy Days, then Guillotine, then Can It Be All So Simple. Those six songs in a row are amazing. And there's great stuff elsewhere. That's a hell of a run right there. I really enjoyed that section of the album. So on Knowledge God, did you hear like the snorting at the beginning? Them like literally doing cocaine in the booth? Yes, I did. Insane. You mean that wasn't just for an effect? That's yes, insane. Oh, and by the way, the, the other thing, let me give him credit for this because it is bizarre. I believe it's the song Knuckleheads where it's referenced, but there's a, a, a guy in that song called You God. Yeah, another member of Wu Tang. They put it in a song that he gets killed. The character gets killed in the song because the guy was going to jail, so he couldn't be on the rest of the record. Mm. Now, that is a hell of a story. Yeah. That's a hell of an album story. Uh, so, Zay, for the first time in the discussion of these Wu-Tang albums, I'm going to creep into that A category. We're going to creep into an A grade. I'm going to go 9.0. It, 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 as more, the more I listen to it, it might get better, but I'm going to try to stay conservative. I'm going to go 9.0. I'm with it. I'm going to go straight up an A here. Nine out of ten, no doubt. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm Man. right there with you. Like, God, I, that's a good record. You won't hear me give anything a 10 because nothing's perfect, but I can listen to this album through and through, anytime, anywhere. Best Wu-Tang album for me from RZA's production, Ghostface and Ray, their connection. Incredible. Yep, it's very, very good. I enjoyed it. All right, so next week when we get to the album swap, uh, I will be dealing with Jizza. Yeah, Jizza. Is that right? Liquid Swords, the genius. Oh, this better be a good album because that's a great name. Get your dictionary ready. Liquid Swords. I'm going to need a thesaurus and a dictionary. Yes. All right, so Liquid Swords for me next week, and I believe next week, Zay, I think we're going with that Ice-T record. I think you're going to go. Oh, yeah? I think you're going body count next week. Body count? Because I need to revisit body count. I definitely, you of all people, need to listen to that album. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to love it. If I re-listen, I don't know if I'll love it. It's just one of those albums that, as much as you appreciate great rappers, this is one of the weirdest ideas a great rapper's ever had. Yeah. 
and it bugged it, it bugged the eyes out of so many people's heads. And I just want to go revisit it myself because the last time I heard that record, I was whenever body count came out, 15, 16, 17, whatever it was. And I haven't heard I really haven't heard the whole album since. So I'm I'm gonna listen to that one with you next week, and then I'm gonna check out uh, I will check out uh, Jizza's album as well. So I've got Jizza and then the Ghostface Killer album to go. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of this little section of the album swaps, tell so that, Monkey thank you by the way. I will, man. I'm glad to hear that you well like the, done. the Janelle Monet record. I couldn't imagine it being bad because she's so impressive. Like I don't know what her flaw is, but I can't I haven't found it yet. Yeah, the way she looks, the way she acts, the way she carries herself, the way she speaks, the way just everything about her. Yeah, she's just a cool person. Is so impressive, and it's interesting you mentioned Lauren Hill because Lauren kind of carries herself like that. Lauren's kind of got that. Yeah, you know, not like I'm I'm better than you, just that class about her. And Janelle really brings that. The album cover is gorgeous. Yeah, what separates Lauren from almost anybody was the beats too. Like the beats that right. were on that first album that she won all the Grammys for are incredible, along with her flow and their vocals. So Janelle Monet should have more of like a poppy. Right. You know, this beats more, and yeah. stuff, not as much like hip hop R and B, but with the rapping in there. Good album. Yeah, interesting stuff. That one's from 2018, and of course, the uh, Wu-Tang album we're talking about, Cuban Links, that comes from 1995. All right, coming up, Why Today Matters, Mike McCarthy and his comments on Kellen Moore. If you're a Cowboys fan, are you thrilled? Are you excited? Or are you confused? This is The Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Thursday. About to get to this Mike McCarthy stuff on Kellen Moore. I know I've heard this one before. This is Tupac? That's right. A great beat. I who, love this song. Who the hell gets credit for that thing? I don't know. It's yeah. so catchy. It's, I have no idea who made this beat. What's the song called? I Ain't Mad At You. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's an eerie video because Pac's like pretending to be in heaven and stuff. Oh, is that right? He's rapping about like his homie <laughs> that he got in some issue with. And... Those two, Tupac and Biggie, they ended up being the, obviously we know what happened, but just the creepiest lead up to it as well. So eerie. Like, everybody that knows both of them will tell you like, well, you know that track and that was two months before. And it's like, yeah. what? Like, why would you call your album Ready to Die in <laughs> Life After Death? What? They knew, man. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, By the way, did I ask you what beat you started the hour with? Did we cover that? That was Apollo Kids, Ghostface Killer. Oh, that was? Okay. Yeah, that was on his second album, Supreme Clientele, which everybody says that's his best album ever. Okay, gotcha. I think so, too. Ghostface. Now, the one I'm going to hear is Iron Man coming up. Yeah. Uh, That will be in a couple weeks. Uh, We were just talking some album swap today. Lots of good musical stuff. So we've had Tupac, Joe Walsh, Gravestone, Donna Summer, and Van 
Halen. Oh, back in the day, that would have been a good festival right there. Uh, we'll get you one more track before we get out of here. Also, remember, Ball Don't Lie at 3. 7 o'clock, it is Longhorn Blitz. Longhorn Blitz. Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry first at 7 to talk about last night and where this basketball team is. And then 8 o'clock, you got the Longhorn Blitz podcast replay if you missed it. Uh, if you haven't gone and checked it out this week, because of Longhorn basketball last night, we were unable to air that for you. So get it wherever you get your podcast or check it out tonight at 8 o'clock. And if you want to check out Longhorn Weekly and go out and support Coach Terry and the basketball team and get some good grub, Pluckers, the campus location, is where they do that every week. All right, let's get into this cowboy stuff. Why Today Matters. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, we'll get you the comments and then we'll walk through them here. Mike McCarthy was asked about the decision to replace Kellen Moore. And he said, quote, I've been where Kellen has been. Kellen wants to light up the scoreboard, but I... Sorry, Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with a number of wins and a championship. And if we get and if we have to give up some production and take care of the ball better to get that, then that's what we'll do. End quote. Okay. Very contradicting there, Big Mike. All right, Zay, what do you make of it? Why wouldn't you want the number one offense in the league? <laughs> what? And they remember they do they led the NFL in total offense and scoring offense. So I think that probably was the lead into the question. Hey, coach, you just fired the head. The, you just fired the play caller that gave you that. So can you just talk us through that? So that's why he well he kind of went there. So yeah, he had some national guys ripping on him today, saying, "Wait a minute, did you just say you fired Kellen Moore for scoring too much?" That's wild. Is that what you just said? Because uh, on one side of it, I can really be excited about what he said. The idea of, okay, if you're acknowledging your running game and your defense, that's what we've talked about for the last couple seasons, that's good on one side. Now, the other side to me is fairly simple. You're the head coach. Aren't you? Yeah. And aren't you an offensive guy? That's right. Isn't that your side of the ball? That's his thing. So that's his niche. What are now? I'm confused. Now I need to know: Is it what, what? Did Jerry tell you not to comment? Did Steven tell you you're not allowed to give thoughts? You because he said that same thing, Zay. He said we're going to lean on our defense and we're going to run the ball back in like training camp. That's kind of the way the season started. Cowboys fans got a little pretty excited about it, and now it's almost like he's saying, "Oh no, no, no! You know this." The sloppy stuff with Dak Prescott and everything. No, that's on Kellen Moore. Well, we're going to move on past that now. Yeah, it's very unprofessional. I mean, say what you want about Kellen Moore. You just had two back-to-back 12-win seasons, and we know Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions with 17 and missed five games while doing that. But you could have easily just said, no, we just needed a change. Things weren't working around here. I wish Kellen the best over there in Los Angeles, but we needed a change. It's not good enough. But to say all this, like that's that's trash to me. And you're right, Chad. Like, have some backbone. You're the head coach. So if Kellen Moore is throwing the ball too much for your liking, or if y'all are scoring too many points, then say, let's get the ball on the ground some. But you got 21 over there. 
he ain't going to be your bell cow anything. We talk about all the time, number 20, Tony Pollard, he can't be. You don't want him to be that guy that gets maybe 20-something carries. That might be a little bit too much for him. I mean, he did just get hurt, and this was his Pro Bowl season. Mm Mm-hmm. And say you know you could say that he was underweaponized, but still he had a Pro Bowl season. And uh, to say that you want to run the football more, I don't think that I don't think that was the right thing to I say just, to why y'all lost this season to the San Francisco 49ers. There's a lot of talk now in certain circumstances about a pronoun. There was a pronoun he needed here, and it's we. Just say we. I thought we at times didn't run the ball enough and protect our defense, and I feel bad about that. So moving forward, here's what we are going to do. Why did it need to be, you know, he likes to light the scoreboard up. I'm going to run the damn ball. You're the head coach. You're the head coach. What are you talking about? That's insane. You know what would be really cool, Zay? If while Kellen Moore was doing that, if they had like some kind of a, I don't know, technology that would allow Mike McCarthy to tell Kellen Moore during the game that he wants to run the ball more. I don't know, like a headset. And it could have a microphone on it where he wouldn't even have to hold something <laughs> Are you saying it's too much for Mike to walk along the sideline and let him know himself? And maybe you could have a button that he could press. And when he pressed that button, his voice would go into Kellen Moore's head. And he could say... Dude, let's run the ball a little bit. Our defense is killing it today. Why don't we give Pollard some more carries? This is, to me, this is what the bartender in Frisco says right now. This is what the the guy that owns a car dealership in Plano says right now. It's what I say right now. You know, they need to run the ball more and really focus on that defense. He's the head coach. Yeah, I don't. It just that's insane to me. As insane those comments are, Chad, just trying to take any positive out of what he said, the fact that he was so, you know, just emphasizing the run game. Oh, yeah. Maybe that might mean something for B. John Robinson. I I hope it means something for somebody. If he drops that low and the Cowboys see him at what, 26, 27? 26. At 26. Maybe, yeah. Because now you want to run the football, you know Zeke is – Washed like an old dryer. You know Tony Pollard's coming back from this injury, and you're probably going to franchise tag him, so who knows there. And if you want to run the ball so much, like you're saying, and throwing people under the bus while you're doing it, then draft B. John Robinson then. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting angle. Somebody texted, didn't McCarthy just say a while back he oversees the offensive game plan and play calling? Yeah, he probably did. That's so confusing. That is so confusing. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really kind of lost on why it needed to be that. But you're right. That is the silver lining. The silver lining may be because you really are taking one last shot at this thing. There's one last shot at can Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, and maybe it's Tony Pollard, but how about those two and well, and Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator. Are those three going to be able to survive together? And what's it going to look like? Just one more year, you're guaranteed with Dan Quinn. I don't know that we can guarantee him past that point. So can those guys really make a legitimate run? Now McCarthy is telling you, defense, run the ball. He's bringing in a guy named Schottenheimer. So I don't think Brian Schottenheimer is going to come in. And now he can't go against this idea. 
But McCarthy's calling plays, too. We know that. Yeah. Jerry has told us he's calling plays. McCarthy has not said otherwise. So he will now be the guy. So if I get that feeling again, Zay, in game two or five or wherever, that they need to run the ball more, it is now, I don't know, officially Mike McCarthy's fault? With the personnel that they had this past season, I do not agree with Stephen Jones by thinking they're just a click away if they would have ran the ball more from getting to where they want to be, and that's being Super Bowl champs. I don't think if they would have ran the ball, they would have been a worse team if they would have ran the ball. As bad as Dak was, mm-hmm. like that defense, we know how good they were this year, but still, all the points they were scoring, C.D. Lamb having the breakout season he had as a number one, Dalton Schultz was good this year, the fans are kind of hurt that they might lose him. They don't know what they're going to do with the tight end spot, which goes back to the B. John Robinson thing. What do you do, take a running back or tight end, or do you even want both slash need them? But I – good. Just Cowboy stuff, man. Right. Just Cowboy stuff. They can't help themselves. No, it is. Everybody. Yeah. No, circus is going to circus. It just happens. Sometimes it happens over at the 40 Acres too because that's a big circus tent as well, but nobody out circuses the Cowboys. I don't think the Yankees can even out-circus the Cowboys. Because the Yankees, at least when you have some of those discussions, there are rings to wear. Yeah. And stuff on the wall with the Cowboys. It's just, you're you're at a little over a quarter century of a mess now, and it's just still going. And now you got this. Head coach shows up to the combine to try to melt the former offensive coordinator. All right. Hey, if that works for you. Whatever. Yeah, somebody on Specs text line makes a good point. Do you remember when Aaron Rodgers would hand the ball off under all the time under Big Mike? Cause Eddie Lacy was the vocal point there, right? Oh, yeah. Like really? That's what that's what it was, that championship team. Everything runs through Big Eddie <laughs> coming in overweighting ish. Oh man. Yeah, that's how it went down. Uh, that's crazy. And then then by the way, to be you know, let's be fair to the whole situation. I've said this throughout the season, too. There were times this year where I didn't think you could trust that Cowboys defense. you got to watch your team all the time. you got to react week in and week out. And, yes, there's talent on that side of the ball, and I'd lean there over others, but that ain't the 85 Bears, and it's not those Bucks, and it's not – I don't even think it's these, this year's Eagles. Like, you got to know what you have, and you got to be, you know, kind of moldable to it. It's just sad for me as a fan that this would be – you know, and maybe this is just weird pent up stuff. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he heard Kellen Moore said something about him, and he just wanted to mouth off. But show me that audio. It's just weird. Where Kellen Moore is just throwing Big Mike under the bus like that. It makes no sense. Yeah, that makes no sense from McCarthy's standpoint. To me, uh, let us know what you think as a Cowboys fan. Always something like they said. Uh, all right, there you go. Why today matters on this March second, and of course, once again, we say happy birthday to the great state of Texas. Texas is 187 years old today. That's only birthday we need to mention to you today all right coming up stems and seeds before we get out of here combine workouts are underway and it includes some longhorn defensive players we'll hit a little bit of that coming up on the horn chad and zay Just about done on a Thursday. What you got, Zay? 4-3-2-1 by LL Cool J featuring Red Man, Method Man, Cannabis, and DMX. Wow. 
That's a full studio. Yeah, it is. <laughs> My God. LL, LL wanted to hang with some friends for this one, huh? Yeah. Okay. That's a jam. Sounds a like jam. it. I haven't even heard LL Cool J yet. Yeah, he's last. Um, he maybe ar- DMX is last. I don't know. He just waits around. Yeah, he waits around. <laughs> Fantastic. Hello, Cool J with friends. Uh, also, Tupac, Joe Walsh, Gravestone, Donna Summer, Van Halen. They've all been on the show today. Ghostface Killer with a great beat to start the hour. Uh, we talk some album swap with the only built for Cuban Links album from Raekwon. By the way, great album title, too. Only built for Cuban Links. If you know what Cuban Links is, the chain and the thickness. And yeah. Oh, that, that imagery is so great. Uh, reading up on that and why they called it that, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, he wanted to call it Woo Gambinos, naming after the Gambino family who's from that Staten Island area. But since yeah. they are serious mob people, they were told, don't do that. Yeah, I also heard they wanted to name it exactly what they did and just add the N-word at the end of the title. <laughs> oh, man. They made them take that off because they sense. thought, yeah, let's, let's not go that far. But I think only built for Cuban links still – Conveys the message. Yeah. Once you understand what that what that is, that that's good stuff. You don't want to say all that. Just say purple tape. Yeah, the purple tape. I love that part too. I, that, that's a very cool thing to to find out about that record. Also, I didn't realize. Now that maybe they're just making it up, but I read the story that Raekwon and Ghostface Killer claim to be the reason everybody loves Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> they claim they did it. That they were at the place that the most expensive bottle was not available. Right. But they said, well, what else you got? They bring them Cristal. They love the bottle. And then they just got into the whole thing. They said, okay, that's it. Cristal's our thing now. And it was more expensive than the best bottle, supposedly. Right. Whatever, whatever the restaurant thought was the best stuff, yeah, 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 it yeah. was more expensive than that, which they liked. And they said, okay, this is going to be our thing. So now they're claiming they started the whole Cristal thing. You buy that? A little you, bit. You going to give them credit? I'll give them credit. Okay, fair enough. I'm learning... Way too much stuff as a music snob about all these guys. It's fantastic. All right. Uh, we just talked about the Mike McCarthy stuff. We'll continue to break that down, I'm sure. wonder what Mike Harge thought of those comments. He's a Cowboys fan like me. Ball Don't Lie coming up with Rod and Harge, Longhorn Weekly at 7, and Longhorn Blitz Podcast at 8. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. All right, let's go stems and seeds. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Got a couple things for you on Longhorns at the Combine. How about DeMarvion Overshone Zay? Here's the truth of the measurement. 6'3", 229 is what I'm seeing. All right. We'll see how he works out and uh, talk about that tomorrow. Keandre Coburn, snacks. I'm seeing 6'1", 344, and he ran a 5.3440. Now, that sounds fast to me. You're pulling 344, 534? That sounds kind of fast. It does sound fast. But you know what? Nowadays, these defensive linemen are so freaky. Maybe that's slow. I don't know. I have to go watch today. Armstead. At 306, Teron Armstead ran a 471. <laughs> and that's the fastest, apparently, of all time. For oh, a, God. That's an offensive tackle, though. I need to yes. see defensive yeah, yeah. tackles. Dude, I'm t- I, I, it's, I, 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 I'm not ashamed of how much I love the combine, but I do love the combine. I love watching these dudes run. I love watching it and then trying to, to sort of translate it to the NFL and see how a team would think. The uh, workouts are going on right now. D-line and linebackers today in day one. We'll be back to talk about that tomorrow and how the Longhorns looked. 
And, of course, we'll be uh, right in the middle of a Friday show getting you set up for the weekend and uh, getting you set up for that Texas-Kansas game and all the other stuff. Lots of uh, different stories out there today. Um, This is a weird Sad story out of the NFL, out of nowhere. Some may not be as sad about this one, but uh, Carolina Panthers founder Jerry Richardson died last night at his home in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was 86 years old. Remember, he was kicked out after the sexual and uh, racial workplace misconduct stuff. They did keep the statue, though, of old Jer. Mm. He's dead at the age of 86. All right, NFL continues because football never dies around here. Remember, we're only four days away from Texas spring practice and only 44 days away from the spring game. Ball Don't Lie coming up, 7 o'clock, Longhorn Weekly, 8 o'clock, the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Have yourself a good Thursday. Remember, crazy weather coming this evening, so batten down those hatches. We hope everybody is safe and sound tonight and tomorrow, and we'll be back tomorrow at noon. And happy birthday, Texas. Y'all have a good one. See